All right, it's Chandra, and I'm here with the Contemporary Horsemanship Company podcast, and today I'm going to talk about teaching what the click means or how to get started clicker training and like conditioning whatever voice cue you want it to be. So uh, most people are going to start using like a handheld clicker or like a mouth click. So um, clicker training is called that because of the use of a clicker, and that's like the little handheld clicker you can get at like a pet store or on Amazon, probably at Walmart, lots of places have those. Um, and that's kind of where it, it, it is most like known for is, is that, but you can use it in different ways. Um, you don't have to use a clicker. I don't use a handheld clicker at all because I find it really hard to hold. Um, especially like working with horses with lead ropes and other things and food and stuff in your hands, especially when riding, it's very hard to hold that and, and have your timing right. And with clicker training, just like all training, your timing is super important. So I decided not to use it with horses. Like I'll use it with my dog, but, um, with them, I use a tongue click and it's just and I just use my tongue. And some people hate that sound. Um, I find it easy to do. And the horses can understand the difference between that and any other voice cues. Like they all of them have go forward cues that are like, like, and you can hear that and they'll go forward. But they know the difference between the two. Um, you can have any voice cue you want. Um, it just has to be the same every single time. So other people use other sounds that you can recreate the same every time. Um or they use words like good, but it has to be the same every single time. So the the key with words there is you could be talking to somebody else and they could hear their marker word, or you could use a different like way of saying it and then they might not get the full like force of the reward. Like if you, the horse is um, doing something you want and you say good, but it's not the same as when he was doing something really well and you were like, good, and you were like really excited about it, or it could be in different ways. So um, you could also like extend it longer or say it shorter, and there can be a lot of variables and it can can confuse some horses. So I'm fine with doing like a word, but you have to stay vigilant that it's the same every single time. And if you think that's going to be too hard, just use a tongue click or some other sound that you can make the same over and over and over. And then if you have a hard time with that, you can use the handheld clicker. Um, some people have like a little, um, like wrist bungee thing that you can put like a little bracelet on and have it in your hand, um, which is probably okay for groundwork. It's going to be still really hard for riding. Um, I know other people have their clickers attached to like riding crops, and it's, just, it's not to whip, it's just to hold and then you have your clicker there. Like I used a lunge whip with one on it, which was actually pretty cool. Um, that one was pretty handy. Um, but again, for me, I just like the tongue click, the the easiness of it. It's the same every single time. I can't make it sound louder or softer. It's always the same. They always know what it means. And that's the most important part is you, you got to decide before you start clicker training your horse um, that on what sound you're going to use and practice that before you start conditioning it to your horse um, so that you already have that in mind. You already have that set up um, and you're all all set before you get in there. Like uh, I know this is talked about some in traditional training, natural horsemanship, stuff like that um, is having a plan for your training, but it's especially important to have a plan when you're clicking training a horse or any animal is having a plan and I feel like a lot of people will get into positive reinforcement 
and they'll start clicker training their horse a little bit and then they didn't have a plan or they don't completely know what they're doing and then it just kind of gets out of hand. And that's where you get all of the, my horse is pushy, he's mouthy, he only wants to do these certain behaviors. It's because nobody had a plan and they didn't really understand what they were doing. Like, and I had that to a certain extent. My horses weren't being pushy and they weren't doing crazy stuff. And I'll talk about this later. I just conditioned certain behaviors that I shouldn't have and I didn't know I was doing it. People are always like, oh, I don't want to feed my horse treats because this, that, and the other. The reason people don't want to use treats, what the truth is, is that they don't know how powerful it is and they don't know what they're doing. That's just, that's the end of it. Like, that's the truth. Um, And you can say all day, like, it makes my horse mug me. It makes my horse excited and and all this other stuff. You didn't train it properly. (laughs) That's all it is. Um, It is a incredibly powerful tool. And I find that out like every single day, like the more and more I use it, I'm like, holy crap. Like (laughs) I didn't even know like what I was conditioning and it's amazing. The subtleties and the quickness, it's crazy. So, um, now that you've decided that you want to do clicker training, you want to try this with your horse and you have your sound figured out. So you got to get your plan together, which is important. So, The kind of goal of this podcast was going to be like, I'm going to talk about two things most of the time, separate things, (laughs) two different kinds of podcasts. So it's going to be like little thoughts I have, or just kind of like my theory on things and just this, that, and whatever while I'm in the truck, um, or just have something on my mind. But the other thing is to kind of go with horse training step-by-step. And I know with clicker training, that can be difficult. Um, it's not going to be like step one, do this, step two, do that. It's going to be more of like a framework, like a flow chart kind of thing. Like, okay, you want this behavior and this behavior and this behavior. And then here's some options on how to get that behavior. Um, and not every option works for every horse. Um, that's not how it works. Um, there's not a particular training that works for every horse and people can say it all day long. It's just not true. Um, I have five horses, which in the grand scheme of things is not that many horses um, compared to people who have 20 horses or 30 horses or who have worked with thousands of horses. And within these five horses, they're all extremely different. And I have to cater my training to each one and kind of turn the training and do a couple different steps and, and change things up for each one. So there's no hard and fast rules for all of them as far as training is concerned. It started as like step one, step two, step three. But there are principles that do work for every single horse. So I will like talk about principles, but the framework is what I really want to go over. There's a lot of trainers, especially clicker trainers that go over principles and they do it really well. I want to add in the principles, but also add that framework. So it's going to be step one, step two, step three, but it's flexible. It's more of a flow chart. There's more of like, okay, but my horse does this. We'll kind of go over there. And we'll, and we'll fix it over there. So that's kind of the goal. Those are the two separate things. So back to our plan. So you want to start tr- clicker training. You, you have a horse that you can use. And I'm going to have a little side note here. If the horse is not yours, make sure you have permission before you do this. Especially if you don't know what you're doing and you're learning. It. Some people do not like it when you're feeding treats. So if it's not your horse, don't do this unless you have permission. So side note. Um, but okay, so you have... You have your basis. You have some understanding of clicker training. You have your um, your your cue word or your click or your sound or whatever that you're gonna want to use um, picked out and practiced. So now we're gonna start like training. We're gonna start picking out things to train. So 
the first thing that you need to do is condition the click. So you need to teach your click or teach whatever sound that you're going to, that you're going to need. That's step one. And that's step one for everybody because you can't clicker train without a cue, like without a stimulus for them to associate good things with. There's like, you have to have a conditioned stimulus. That's part of the thing. So, (coughs) so, um, you have to have that. So once you get that picked out, there's a couple different ways you can go about training it. Um, first we got to make sure what our horses want to eat. So the horse decides what's reinforcing for each individual horse. So some horses like carrots, some horses like apples, some horses like scratches, some horses like grain, et cetera, et cetera. So you kind of have to find out what your horse likes best. And you can do that just by throwing them in their dinner. Maybe put a carrot in there, see how much he likes that. And then go ahead and try that with different treats. Um, it's got to have a couple of different properties to it. Like it has to be pretty small, um, low in sugar, um, and then fairly, fairly reinforcing. So depending on your horse, um, some horses are just not interested in a lot of things and those horses might need highly reinforcing treats. So certain horses will be like, they don't have a whole lot of motivation to like move their feet or do anything. Maybe with that horse, I would use a carrot or a little um, few pieces of grain or a few pieces of alfalfa, like pellets or like a store-bought treat, something like that, or like one broken in half, something where it's like really high value, something they really want. Um, For other horses who are just, (laughs) I will do anything for anything, like my quarter horse, literally every time I feed her and throw her hay, she's super excited. She's nickering the whole time. She trots up for a piece of hay. Like she loves food. She's barely, like she doesn't need very much to start learning. So if I went with her and started feeding her grain, like she doesn't need that much. She doesn't need that much energy. She's already interested. So she has a Timothy grass pellet and that's what she works with. And most of mine work with that. And then it depends on what kind of stuff I'm training. So more like difficult training earns higher reinforcers. And we'll talk about that more later, but figure out what it is that your horse likes to eat. Um, and then make sure that it's good for them to eat. It's in small enough pieces. It's not going to you know, if you're going to use grain or part of their food, like with an alfalfa or a Timothy hay pellet, you want to make sure that it's just part of their ration. So you're not overfeeding your horse. They're not getting a ton of extra food. They're not gaining weight, stuff like that. Um, so I'd have that already measured out and make sure you're good. Um, and then I would get a pack or a pouch or something that you can carry the food in, um, in the winter, like you can do your pockets, um, and just figure that out. I just use like a sports pack, like an Adidas pack or something like that. I use that. Um, it's the easiest thing to do. Sometimes I'll have treats in my pockets, but then it's like all over your washing machine and it just kind of makes a huge mess. So I just, I have the pack and it works out really well. So, um, and you can get a million different kinds of those. So I would recommend getting that, or you could do like a clip on one that clips onto your belt loops. There's a whole bunch of things. Figure out what you like best first. Um, make sure the horse can't get into it. Like I know some trainers will use like an open like side bucket type thing um, and they can just close the top with their hand. Make sure you can do that and you're not just like gonna let the horse, you know, come in and eat as much as they want. You make sure that you can do that. So 
Um, I would probably advise against that in the beginning, especially I do it. I don't because I'm clumsy and I bend down a lot and then there goes all my food. And I do that now with my pack really, but just something to think about, like, um, kind of have your pack and your, and your setup ready before you get in. Cause again, planning is super important for this training. So Okay, so you've already figured out what your horse likes. You've ha- you have your your what you're going to use is your condition stimulus and then you have your pack or whatever you want to use. So, you can start you um teaching what the click means from a couple of different ways. So, and a couple of different positions. Um first two things is going to be you can be in protected contact or not. So, protective contact is just if my horse is in his pasture, I'm on the other side of the gate. If he's in the arena, I'm on the other side of the gate or I'm on the other side of a fence or he's in a stall, I'm on the other side of the door. He, there is something separating the two of us that he's not going to bust through. That's protective contact. I would probably start most horses in protective contact unless they're very like timid. Um, you know the horse for a long time. Maybe it's a traditionally trained horse and you're just adding in positive reinforcement and he gets a cookie now every now and, and again and he's not real excited about it. He's not real pushy by it. Then I would be like, that's fine. We don't need the protective contact. But if he's excited about food, if he's you know kind of a pushy horse already, if he's new to you, um, if he's wild, um, I would all those things I would definitely recommend starting in protective contact. So, and it's going to be weird. Like clear training is different. Um, it's not mainstream, but it is very powerful and definitely a great tool to train a horse. So I would definitely like just give it a shot. You know, it's going it, to, all this sounds weird and new and different. Um, but the more like we can get it out and talk about it, the more mainstream it'll be. So try to, you know, try to go with it. Like, it's like, oh, this is weird. My horse is on the other side of the fence. Yes. Okay. It's weird at first, but the training and the amount of willingness you get from the horse is definitely worth it. So we've decided if we need protective contact or not. So if you're going to use that, I would stand on the other side of the gate or the door or whatever fence. And we're just going to start on one of two behaviors. So I usually try to start with like a default behavior. So that's my horse is standing still. He's nice and relaxed. His head is about level and he's facing straight ahead. So that's his default. That's like, I'm going to groom you. I'm going to tack you up. He's going to wait for further instructions. And so that's, that's his default. Some horses don't do the best at default and they need a little help like really figuring out what you want, or maybe they have a bad habit in default um, that you need to fix. And that's where I would come in with the target. So you can do either a default behavior, you can start with the target. So I'm first going to go with the default because I try to do that with my horses first and either one, I mean, it really doesn't matter which one you do um, as long as you're doing it correctly. But when I describe them, it'll be like, okay, which horse is yours, which is going to work best. And then from there, I would just like, if I'm going to start with the default behavior, then I'll, I'll train targeting afterward. If I'm going to start with the targeting, I'll do the default behavior afterward. So for this case, we'll just start with the default behavior. So my horse is in protective contact. He's on the other side of the fence, gate, etc., And he's standing straight ahead. So he can be either way. You can have the horse standing straight towards you, facing you, like looking out into the barn aisle, or you can have him like parallel to you and the fence and and standing away from you. It doesn't matter, but I would be consistent with that in the beginning. So 
you know, have him, you don't want him moving around because then you're rewarding the moving around and not the standing still in default. So either one of those behaviors is fine, but pick one or the other. Don't switch between the two and don't reward the moving because they're going to be confused. So in this example, my horse is going to be parallel to me and I'm going to be on the other side of the fence and he's nice and relaxed. Maybe I pet on him a little bit. He doesn't, I mean, he doesn't know what's going to happen and we're not, we haven't introduced the food yet, so he should be pretty relaxed. So then once the horse is standing relaxed and calm and has his head straight, this is very important, his head must be straight, <laughs> um, then I'm going to click. That's going to be my default My default sound is going to be a click. So I'm going to refer to that from now on. If it's if yours is not a click, that's fine, but I'm going to refer to it as that so I don't have to say so many words. <laughs> so I'm going to click and then I'm going to feed him. So in doing those things, it's very important how specifically they're done. So once I click, my horse should be standing still, relaxed with his head straight. He has to have those three things. So that's why if, if, we, if your horse has trouble doing any of those three things, we're going to start with the target, target instead. Um, so I'm going to click. I'm going to reach into my pouch. And then I'm going to give, give a, like a couple pieces of a hay pellet or a grain or half a treat or a half a carrot. And I'm going to give him that. So a small amount. So when I'm doing that, I'm going to click for that behavior, then go into my pouch and then feed. So my hand is not going to be in my pouch already. I'm not going to be like waiting to go in there. And I'm not going to rush in there, but I'm not going to be really slow either. I'm just going to do it a very methodical, deliberate way. And then when I give my horse the food, my his, his neck should stay away. If he comes toward me, that's okay. But I'm going to reach my hand out and it's going to be all the way stretched out as far as I can where, where that his head is now straight, his head is away from my body. And then I'm going to have my hand flat and maybe cupped a little bit so the food doesn't fall out. And then I'm going to push gently up toward his lips. So all these little details make a big difference. So first of all, we want the, the slow but deliberate, um, arrival of the food because we don't want to rush and create anxiety in the horse. So I'm not going to rush to my feed pouch and rush back to his face because then he's just going to be more worried about getting more food. I like to call this my grandma energy and I use that on certain horses that get more excited about the food. I'll be very slow and deliberate, but I'm not like, you know, my arm's not broken. Like I'm not like taking a whole minute to get it out. I'm just got my very Zen energy, my Zen grandma energy. And I give them the treat like that. And it works well for me as a visual, because sometimes I'm like, like I get too much in the movement stuff and the, the click, click treat. And I get too much in that routine. And I need to be like a reminder, like, okay, slow down grandma energy and slow myself down for certain horses. And it's going to be the opposite if you have a horse that's very dull, doesn't want to, he's not very motivated, maybe I'd use a bit more energy, not rushing and stuff, but just a bit more depending on the horse. And that's going to be the same for like negative reinforcement. You need a bit more energy for some horses and a bit less for others. So your delivery is important. Um, next, the where your hand position is also very important. You never ever feed your horse with his head bent towards you unless you have asked him for that. So like I got this confused in the beginning. When his head is bent towards you, you don't want to reward that. Now, you probably shouldn't be starting clicker training on a feral or wild horse. So this probably won't apply to you. So because in the beginning, if I'm feeding that horse 
and that's the only way I can feed them is if their head slightly turned to me, like that's okay. That's probably the only time that's ever okay. <clears throat> so be aware that your horse's neck needs to always, always, always be straight. Because once you start feeding for that neck turning, they're going to start into that mugging behavior. Another thing that stops mugging besides the head straight is the horse never gets fed unless there's a click before it. So I'm not talking about their dinner and things like that. I'm talking about you don't give them a treat or any kind of reinforcement besides like their grain and their hay without being a click first. That way the horse learns that it is being rewarded for a behavior, doing a behavior versus just out of the blue. And when the horses get fed out of the blue, they're going to go back to that grazing behavior. So a grazing behavior is a searching behavior. So they're looking for the best blades of grass. They've got their head down. They're looking around and sniffing out new pieces of grass. And that is all the mugging behavior is. They said, oh, food came out. Let's find some more food. And they start reaching around and then using their lips and possibly their teeth. That's all that is. And if you teach your horse right away that you you only get food for behaviors and none of those behaviors are mugging, they will not mug you. That's where your, your new um, people who are new to clicker training or don't understand it or don't understand the, the whole thing about giving your horse treats to, to train, that's where they have problems is they don't understand that it needs to be a trained behavior, that there's a context there. It's not just give your horse treats and bribe him to do stuff. It is not that at all. There is much more detail that goes into that. And I mean, it, you know, that it makes sense that most people don't know it. And that's kind of why I'm here, you know, why I'm doing the podcast, why I'm doing other things to make it more mainstream, to get the information out there, to share this with more people. So, but those are very important things. So now that his horse, your horse's head is straight, you're going to give him the food. It is the part where you give the horse the treat with your hand. So if your horse does not understand how to take a treat properly, you do will have to train him how to do it. Depending on the horse, um, it may take a little bit of time, but usually most horses are fine. So if you have your hand flat and you kind of push up toward their lips, they're going to take that treat with their lips and you'll be fine. And most horses don't have a problem taking it. Um, if your horse doesn't understand how, like you have a Mustang, like I had two Mustangs, they had no idea what hand feeding was. Absolutely no idea. I had to completely train that. And that was a separate behavior that I had to train. So if you have a horse like that or one that wants to bite, wants to get excited by food, first I want to recommend wearing gloves so we're, we don't bite our hands and fingers off. Um, wear some gloves. Like when I first started with the Mustangs, I didn't even have just like regular riding gloves. I had like work gloves on with like thick places for like hammering and whatnot. Um, so like if they were trying to figure out how to get the food, um, I didn't lose part of my hand. Um, so definitely again, come prepared. You're going to train this behavior. So I would do a couple different things. If your horse is completely wild, has no idea. You can start clicker training by tossing their reward into a bucket um, or a pan. That's what I started to do with the Mustangs when I first got them. And then I started teaching the hand feeding. And what I did is just I put the pan on the ground. I sat down next to it. I put the treat in my hand in the pan because they're already used to eating out of the pan. And then when he went to go eat it gently out of my hand, I would click. And then I would reward by putting more food into the pan. And they picked on that pretty well. 
And really all I did was had to sit there with my hand and sometimes they would kind of bite at it to try to get the treat. Um, it is really natural for horses to use their lips and find the grasses and do things like that. So most of the time that's what they want to do anyway, but if they're a little worried, they might use their teeth. Um, just ignore all the ones where they use their teeth. If you need to put on two or three gloves, you might have to do that. (laughs) Um, I had two when I was doing caster, which is one of my Mustangs. Now he's fine, but he just did not understand. And he, I just had to help him figure it out. So Um, And keep your hand nice and flat so they don't get any fingers stuck up in there. Um, Keep your fingers out of their mouths. So then I would ignore all the times where he's using his teeth or he's biting and reward a lot the ones where he's using his lips. Even if he doesn't even get the treat out of your hand. I would click and put a handful of grain in the bucket and let him eat that and then try again. That's how I did it. It worked really well with them. If you have a feral or wild horse, that's what I would suggest. And then from that point, I would slowly start to raise my hand out of the out of the pan. So then he's like, okay, I eat out of the hand. And I would keep the glove on for a little bit longer until he's consistently taking it nicely from your hand. Um, if your horse isn't completely wild and he's just kind of a bit more aggressive to taking the treats than you would like, again, I would recommend the glove. And then I would recommend keeping your hand flat and and pressing it up toward their face. So horses want to get grabby once the food starts going away from them. So if you start moving your hand away and they want to get the treat, they might start to do some biting then. So I would suggest not pushing them in the face, punching them in the face, pushing it up, none of that. Just slight push up toward the muzzle and just like a little bit of pressure there. Just like you're barely like going to touch your own face with your hand. Um, and then they have that kind of security there, like they're meeting a bucket, like a solid surface, and they can get their treat out of your hand. Those usually work pretty well. So um, you didn't know that that much went into hand feeding. It is quite the subject. If you need to do it correctly, that is the way to go. So um, some horses are very shy and don't want to eat out of your hand. I would recommend the same thing that I talked about with the pan, eating out of the pan. Get something the horse really values, sugar cubes, carrots, apples, something like that that they really, really like. And again, Mustangs are probably not going to like those things. Um, It's going to be like a learned taste. My Mustangs still won't eat apples and carrots. They're like, what is this? No. (laughs) All horses love grain. (laughs) Try your grain. Some Mustangs probably don't, but I I don't know what else is higher value than grain. Honestly, grain covered in molasses, whatever you have to do. Get some sweet feet. I know it's terrible for horses, but if you're training this and your horse will not take anything, I would try some sweet feed and only give it to them while you're doing this. And then once they get the idea of get rid of that. So I would, you, you kind of have to adjust it for certain things for sure. Um, because if your horse is just really shy and meek, they need that higher reinforcement to have that motivation to go ahead and eat out of your hand. Uh, make sure you're not moving around. You're not, you know, getting afraid and pulling your hand away, something like that. Um, to a more meek horse because it has to be a positive experience. It's the same experience every single time. They know they're going to get the food. They don't have to grab for it. So all those things are really important. So now that you have that one first click, your horse is not going to know what it is. They're not going to be already conditioned to that. It's not how it works. It takes repetition. But what usually happens after the first one is you start getting a lot of movement. Um, and they're like, oh, food came out. Like, you gave me food. Okay. And then they start looking and searching and possibly bugging. At that point, and that's why I say, like, let's use protective contact most of the time. Because then you can just take a step back and wait and wait until your horse goes back into that relaxed state where they're standing still, have their head relaxed, relax in their neck straight. Um, 
there's going to be a bit of a waiting game here because especially if your horse is a domestic horse who's had treats and they've been given like willy-nilly here and there for no reason and he even more so if the horse already has a tendency to want a mug um you're gonna have to do some retraining there so the appearance of food is not going to be like oh my gosh let's search for it it's going to be stand in default and wait for further options like that's what it's going to have to mean now so you're going to have to wait it might be 30 seconds it might be 10 minutes it might be 15 minutes plan that into your schedule so you're going to wait until the horse stands still, relaxes, and has their head straight. Then I would click and feed again. If the horse's head starts moving after you click and is moving around and stuff, just pause, wait till that head's straight, bring it out, and feed again. If your horse's head's kind of turning a little bit towards you while you're going to feed and you're with your, while your arm's starting to go out, I wouldn't worry about that too much. Just make sure that your arm's straight and then when you feed, their head's actually straight and then they'll kind of get into that habit on their own. If they're starting to like twist it around and stuff and, and flail about, um, well, we'll have to do a bit more work with that. <laughs> um, I would worry about that a bit more. I would just wait and just wait until the horse is relaxed again and then feed with your head straight. So um, if they're shaking their head around, moving around, I'm going to wait again and then once they go back into that relaxed state, I click and then feed. And then kind of do that a little bit faster. So I'd already have the, the green in my hand and then go ahead and give it to them so that they start connecting those things. And that kind of horse might need a target. And that's what I'm going to talk about later. That horse might need a visual, a visual and actual like behavior that they can see. Um, and so they understand the rules of the game a little bit better. Um, but we'll talk about that later. So, um, so I would keep doing this until the horse it starts to understand what your click is. Um, the, and they'll probably catch on within a few times. They'll start understanding, okay, that I have to, whatever I'm doing when I hear that click, that's what's being reinforced. So it doesn't usually take them very long. Um, and you'll start to see they're like, they might move a little bit when you click. They might perk their ears up or just kind of look at you, something like that. That's when you know that they're starting to understand that that means food. Um, so I wouldn't like pick one, pick a stimulus or a sound and then change it. You can do it, but that's why make sure you have a plan, some preparation here and, and start do, thinking about that before you do it. So, so everything's gone well. You've clicked your horse five to 10 times and there might be a gap in between there. That's why I'm saying even five, because you might have to be waiting for 15 minutes before you can click him again waiting for that relaxation to come down again. And it's going to come faster and over time. It just, again, this is training and it's going to take time. It's not, you know, on the movies and someone whispers in their ear and they win the rodeo together the next day. That's not how this works. <laughs> so um, we got to keep that in mind. So don't get discouraged. I would definitely keep like some training plans. Like be aware that th it could take time between the between um, clicks too, to get their horse to, to have some relaxation. If it gets like excessive, we're gonna just use the target. So, but we'll see how it goes and, and, and then you can go from there. But, or if, you're, if you know your horse is already gonna do that, then we'll just use the target anyways. So we start on that one side and he, you, the cue for that is gonna be you just standing there not doing anything. If you're just standing there waiting for him, he should go into his default. So I'd start that on his left side and then I would go ahead and do it on his right side. And you don't have to do that all in the same session. You can uh, maybe do 
uh, a couple minutes on that left side, go do something else, come back the next day, do it on that side, and then start the other side. It, it, there's very a bunch of different variables, but I would definitely try to keep those lessons short. So, and by short, I mean the amount of times you click and not necessarily a time span. So in this beginning part where you have to wait for your horse to come back down and relax and stand still, you might have to wait a little bit. So it might not be short. Okay, so another way to help your horse if they're having trouble eating out of your hand or they want to kind of bite or use their teeth would be to just have the treat in your hand. And then if they're starting to be grabby or use their teeth, just flip your hand over. So you'd start off with the treat in your palm flat like before. And then once they start to do that, you're going to you're going to flip your hand over and wait until they start using lips and then flip it back. Or you can start out like that and have start out with your the back of your hand. And if they start to go to like bite instead, you're going to wait until they start lipping and then flip it over and click and feed them. Um, and again, I would recommend using um, a, a glove or multiple gloves um, depending on your horse. So that's important to do too. And you have to train that behavior just like everything else. Most horses, like probably 75, 80% of horses are going to take a treat nicely and gently. That's how they graze. They pick out things with their lips. Um, but then you're always going to have one that doesn't take it exactly how you'd like, or maybe they're more anxious about the food. Um, and so on another note is if your horse isn't taking it like quietly and nicely, and he usually does, um, then he's probably worried about the situation or what you're asking him to do. Uh, that will be a cue for you that your horse is worried and that you need to slow down or take a step back or change the environment in some way. Um, and that also goes for horses that are just worried in general and they don't take food well in general. Maybe back up and look at your environment, back up and look at what you're asking the horse to do, um, and then go about retraining the proper way to take a treat from your hand. So that's something to look out for while you're training. Um, another thing that is, can be a problem. I know some teachers or not train, well, teachers too, but some trainers will teach that you should have your horse's head turn away. So this can be good if that's something you want. I find it just unnecessary. Um, I want their head straight. I'm going to teach their head straight. Um, then the horse can be in the relaxed position. It's more natural for them to have their head straight. Um, and what I've found is if you're not really careful about your timing is you get a head turn movement instead of a head turn and a, and a stillness. Um, so especially in the beginning when you're teaching what the click means, your, your horse is learning about clicker training, I would just kind of stay away from that. Um, if your horse is real like pushy and muggy, you need to go back and make sure your horse is relaxed. Go back into protective contact, make sure your horse is relaxed, feed away from your body and have all those parts figured out. Um, so we need to do that before. I think the head turning away is not a great solution to this problem. I find that it just creates more problems and especially in the beginning, like, cause it can be kind of, um, a difficult timing behavior. So like the head has to be turned and not moving and that has to be really, really specific or you're going to get a horse that's turning their head constantly, like doesn't know where they, the treat's going to be. So it's really easy to mess up especially in the beginning. So if you want to train it later on, I mean, go for it. I just find that it's just kind of unnecessary, so I don't do it. So I would just kind of think it through before you decide that it's something you want to train um, with any behavior, really. Be very careful about what behaviors you train because like I said in the beginning, um, clicker training is super, super 
um, powerful and people think this is crazy. My horse is touching a pool noodle and a cone. This is ridiculous. Yeah, it's not that ridiculous. <laughs> um, and yeah, you can teach yourself some very powerful behaviors and you not know it and then you have to go and fix them and that's always harder. So always recommend thinking things through. So so then um, the last thing in this section is going to be the, your end of session cue. So, or it doesn't even need to be a cue if you don't want it to be. So there's multiple ways to go about this. Um, when you start getting into more clicker training and you're incorporating it more into your training, or maybe that's all you do, you kind of need an end of session cue. Like you're going to be more into cueing your horse um, than what, what I found with negative reinforcement. So they're kind of always at attention until you do something else. And I know that's how negative reinforcement is supposed to be, but I feel like there's a lot less guidance in there. Um, and so like when I go to put my horses back out to their pasture, their end of a session cue, it's, it's kind of a cue, I guess. Um, or the thing that I do is they go back, I take their halters off. I might hand feed them a treat afterward if they had a tendency in the past to want to run off. None of mine do that now, but in the beginning, that's what I did. Um, and then um, once they're standing quietly and relaxed, just like in the beginning of this lesson, I will click and I will do like a little jackpot of, of whatever treats I had on the ground. And that is the signal like this is it. They Then you can leave while they eat and then you can leave the pasture. So that works really well because I kind of give them a little bit bigger handful that allows me to leave um, and keeps them busy and it ends everything on a good note. And so you're not just leaving. Like if you would go and just put your horse out, take the halter off and walk away, that's what we're used to doing with regular negative reinforcement traditional training. But with the positive reinforcement, that could be almost um, a punishment for them to where like, oh, the food's leaving. Like what did I do to make that happen? Because once you start clicker training a lot, they'll start thinking more about their behavior and what they did and didn't do to earn a reinforcer. So um, that's just something you can think about. Other people will have a cue, like um, like some people will hold up both their hands up, like with their palms out, like you're giving a, like a double high five. And then you could have a cue word too. And then after you do that, you, you can walk away from the horse. So they know that at, after that point, then they can kind of do whatever. They have like free time for whatever it is that they want to do. Um, but it is important to to kind of have your horse distinguish between those things so they don't, aren't getting frustrated. Um, and then you're not frust getting frustrated and you can end on a good note, which is always really important. So um, that's something to think about too. So if this pr process of like teaching the relaxation, teaching the default behavior, if your horse is struggling with it, which um, definitely is a possibility. So if you have a couple different options, if you have like a wild Mustang, probably don't want to start there. You could start with targeting or you could start by, you're going to be doing a little bit of negative reinforcement is when they look at you, click and then walk away and like throw some hay toward them. That's a separate thing. I'll talk about that later with my Mustangs. Um, but um, like my mini horse, um, he struggled with this too. Like uh, some horses just need a visual. Um, and they need that, that, that target to be like, okay, this is what you wanted me to do. Okay. I can do that for you. So that's just something to think about. Um, and I wouldn't try to do both at the same time. Cause that's just going to confuse them more. I would know your horse, make a plan, pick which one you think is going to go well, work on that one for a few days. If it's not going well after a few days or sessions, depending on how many sessions you do a day. Um, and then I would try the other method. So one's going to work better than the other. And then once that 
whatever one you decided works, then you can go ahead and train the other. So if I went ahead and taught default first, then the second step, I would start teaching about the target. If I started with the target first, I would then teach default. So kind of depends on the horse. But so my mini horse and my quarter horse, um, we I did the targeting with the quarter horse second, but I felt like I probably should have done it first because she's she's a lot easier when it's very clear. Like, okay, you want me to touch this and then I get a reward. Great, I could do that. Um, versus like for the default and there's not necessarily that clear of a indication of what they should do, then they could get a little bit frustrated. So it kind of depends on the horse. Like my mini horse, he would want to do the head turning thing. So which I inadvertently trained, which is a why I'm warning everybody not to do that. <laughs> it was a pain to fix. So he would go into what we were trying to train as default and he would just turn his head. And I would have to just wait and wait and wait until he was just had a second of head straight and then I would click that and that took some time to shape. But it's much easier when I took out the um, target, which I use like a jumping crop just because it has like a larger end on it. Um, and... I would present it when he was straight and then I would click and feed right away. So he's got that head straight already to touch the target. Um, so it helped with both things. But some horses just really help with that visual. So if you're going to go ahead and do the target first, you're going to have, like, I like to use a crop. Some people like to use a cone. You can use whatever it is that you would like. I wouldn't use anything scary. This isn't a time to go de-spooking and desensitizing. This is a time to teach your horse what the click means. So don't try to add too many things at once. So if you are going to start with the crop, which is what I use because I find it easier and then I don't have to make my own. They, they understand the difference. So I wouldn't use a dressage whip though because it's a little bit harder to see. Like I use the jumping crop because it's got a larger like popper thing on the end and that's what they touch with their nose. So something they can easily see. You can make one too. Um, but I'm going to wait until my horse is in a behavior as such as default. So by that, I mean he's standing straight He's not moving. He's not bugging me. He's not mugging. He's not looking for food. He's not doing any of those things. He's staying straight and relaxed. And then I present the target. I'm going to present it right in front of him. I'm going to hold it right in front of his nose. When he looks at it or touches it, I'm going to click and feed. And again, same process. I'm going to you know, get to my food efficiently and then feed away from my body. So I want to make sure that the horse depending on your horse, like you, you want to see if they're afraid of it or like a little worried about it or, you know, what is their reaction to the target that you've chosen? So if your horse is like not super interested or maybe even a little afraid, I would click and feed the looking at the target. If not, then I would just feed the touching of the target or moving the head toward the target. And those are just going to be your beginner steps. Um, and then from there, it'll just be touching it every single time. So um, in your first few lessons, I would go ahead and every single time he touches the target, I would click and reward. And then once he's consistently touching it, then I'll start moving it around. So I might move it down a little bit, like a couple inches. He, and then he touches it down there and then I'll click and feed, um, do that a few times. I'll do it like right, left and above and just a little bit um, of movement. So we know that he understands it's not just straight ahead. It's he's following this object. Um, and then after that point, um, I want to add in a couple of a, just like a different schedule of reinforcement. So like a bit of a variable one. So 
Um, I'm just gonna start clicking and not feeding occasionally. So probably feed about 80% of the time once he knows it. In the beginning, first few sessions, it's gonna be 100% of the time. But once he, um, unless I'm shaping it to like he, so let's say if my horse is not really wanting to touch my whip. So if he looks at it, I'll click and feed that. Then if he looks at it and moves a little slightly closer, I'm gonna click and feed that. So that I'm shaping to get to there, but I'm not withholding the click. So um, if at that point he doesn't start trying anymore, that's where I would start withholding it. So even in the beginning, like if he's consistently looking at it and then doesn't want to get closer to it, I'm going to click and then just wait and see if he'll try a new behavior. Or I'll, if that doesn't work, I'll bring the, the whip closer to him to kind of set him up to, to touch it. So um, there's a couple different things you could do there. But once he's consistently touching it, when you move it left, right, down and up, then I would start clicking occasionally and not feeding, just so he's kind of on a variable reinforcement schedule. So, but most of the time you're still gonna feed. Um, I would also around that time, start adding a cue word onto it. So I would ask him to target or touch or whatever the word you want it to be. Um, you're gonna start doing a cue. So once the horse already knows the behavior, he's, he, as he's reaching toward the whip, I would say target. And then you can start using that to start the behavior. And then once he knows um, that when you say target, you're supposed to go touch the target, then you can start putting it on stimulus control. So that means he only does it when you, you ask him to. He doesn't do it when you don't ask him to. And he doesn't af offer any other behaviors in place of that cue. So that would be the next step. So he would be like, he would be standing in his default and then you present the target and say target and then he reaches forward and he touches it and then if you show the target and you don't say anything he doesn't target um or if you're you know if you have a cone and it stands still and it's on a post or something and it's just sitting there he doesn't touch it unless you say target so that will be the next step from there and i'll go more into detail on those things um but that's just your first few steps in starting to, to teach the click um, and they're all important and they're all very like you could go into a lot of detail on all of them. So I don't want to get too crazy with it because I'll go into detail um, about targeting in general, about putting things on stimulus control and variable schedules and things like that. But I just wanted to kind of touch on that and, and kind of show you what will, would be the next steps. So those are the first two things I teach my horse when clicker training. Um, it doesn't matter if they've never been clicker trained and they're just traditional or they've never been trained at all. It's probably a little bit easier if they've never been trained at all. It kind of depends on the horse. But those would be the first few steps. Pick which one you think is best for your horse and then kind of play with it and go from there. Um, and then I'll be back later and we'll talk more about clicker training and move on to the next lesson.